what is good? Welcome to Spirit Bill Real Talk with Juliana. I am your host, Juliana Page, and I am so excited that you are here. I am an author, a speaker, and a professional life coach, but really, I am here to give you practical wisdom that you can integrate into every area of your life so that you can thrive and not just survive. So if you are ready to live a spirit-led life and level up your inner game so that you can win in your outer game. Let's dive right in. Yo, 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 what is good? It is your girl, Juliana Page, and I have a word for you today, but man, You've got to be here for it. So get yourself ready, whatever you got to do. Let me know that you're here for it. You're going to need to listen to this one. You're going to need to track with me, but I have a feeling if you're still listening, you're here for it. So let's get it. All right. So here's the thing. I was in my life group this past week in a life group for those of you that aren't familiar. (laughs) It is what it sounds like, strangely enough. So There was a group of women that were brought together and it was really neat. There were these little divine encounters that brought us all together in a group for a reason, for a season, maybe for a lifetime, right? But it's sort of a revolving door policy, like we're we're here for you, we'll hold space for you, but you're not obligated to be here. So if you want this awesome show up fully for it, and I think the nature of that brought select women together, different ages, different seasons, which is really beautiful. So the main purpose of this whole group is what it sounds like. We gather to celebrate and do life together. And we also gather to bring life to one another. Because how many of you know, we're all in a different season. I've heard too, like you've either gotten out of a storm, you're in the middle of a storm, or you're about to go through a storm, right? Like that's the, I've heard, I I didn't come from a legacy of faith, but that's like an old Baptist saying. And I'm like, how true is that? And it's so interesting when you're in a life group to be able to bring life in those different situations from different degrees of strength and wisdom to be able to celebrate and honor where somebody's at, to encourage, to build up to pour faith and activate faith, right? So, so powerful. So at any rate, I'm in this life group and we do (laughs) check-ins. At least that's what we've been doing in in this season virtually because we've had to gather that way. We just check in and we just see where everyone's at because you never know, right? So I was fully ready just to be present in this group and we were gonna celebrate one woman in particular and pour prophetic words over her. And I lost it. Oh my goodness. I just, just lost it. I just started crying. All it took was one of the women in there to look me in the face and say, so you said, I I don't even remember quite what I said, but she had the awareness to know that it was deeper than what I said on the surface. And she said, so you said this, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Or what does that mean? And I just lost it. And it was very strange because it caught me by surprise to some degree. And it really made me think of how we can often feel. There's an example. I'm visual. So there's this example of, 
I think it's like cartoon looking, but there's this guy, so just track with me for a second. There's this guy that is, I guess, breaking through stone, right? In like a mine. He just keeps going, he keeps going. And you can see how far he's gone. And he's maybe like one or two strikes away from getting to the open space or getting out of this cave or getting to the treasure, whatever, right? To getting to where it is, his breakthrough, right? And that is usually the point where we give up or it gets so intense or our emotions are all over the place or the warfare seems like it just heightened out of nowhere. And that's what it felt like. I could just feel how tight my chest was. I could recognize how much emotion I'd been battling through how many of my own things I'd already broken through and not even celebrated. It was just a moment, okay? And I was just sitting there. And thank goodness these women knew how to hold space for that and they knew how to pray and be there in that moment with me. But it was real, okay? So I give that example because it really highlighted a few things that I want to talk about. I want to talk about three different things and then I want to acknowledge you and really share a huge lesson that I walked away from that experience with, even after now having been able to process it. So, oh my goodness, you're welcome. Okay. (laughs) So I, uh, to lead into this, I saw, I think it was like a short, I don't know, like a short Dr. Phil clip, you know, when you're on social media and those things cross your feed and you can read what the quote is or whatever. So I see this clip and it's essentially a mother that is encouraging her daughter who desires to abstain and have a biblical covenant relationship. This mother is encouraging this young girl in front of Dr. Phil and the entire audience to be intimate with her boyfriend, otherwise he'll leave her. And my heart Oh my goodness, I can't even explain to you what I felt like seeing that because these are these are, are tales of brokenness, I would say. And it it's so much harder when you're fighting, like this young girl, for example, when you're fighting for yourself and your standards and what you stand for, then you don't want to upset your mother and you don't want to give somebody else the wrong impression. It was just such a vulnerable moment, right? So I'm using this as an example of three areas of brokenness that I'm gonna cover that can often be heightened in times where we are breaking through. This is, I was able to put words to some of what I was experiencing the other day, some of what I've experienced in the past as well. And then I was able to bring it together to a lesson. So the number one thing that is an example of brokenness, internal brokenness, of course, is believing that perfection is excellence. Did you catch that? Believing that perfection is excellence. They are not the same at all. And here's the thing. Perfection is often striving to be flawless, striving to get out of a head oftentimes of the season that we're in, striving to be acceptable, right? Striving for approval, striving for pleasing people. It's it's very outward focused, okay? Whereas excellence is doing the best with what's in your hand, with literally all that you are, 
and just working your very best with what you have right now. So you're not getting out ahead of your season. You're not running out ahead of God. You're not caught up in the past. You've made peace with that. And you're fully present in your now doing the best with what you have. Okay, you're not trying to please and exceed other people's expectations. Usually when you're walking with God, that happens anyway, but you're not striving for that, right? You're striving to be the very best that you can with what you have. That is excellence. Perfection is this idea of going above and beyond because other people will clap for me because it's going to lead to a certain outcome that I feel like I'm missing or that I need in my life, which is a setup. It's a setup and not a good one, okay? (laughs) So... Really, something that is a huge thing to grasp or to catch is that I don't need to please anybody outside of me, my God, and I, okay? Whenever we get caught up in, I need to do more, I need to be more, I need to achieve more, because then I'm going to be celebrated, then I'm going to be accepted, then I'm going to be something other than I am, It gets us operating in a very different motive. We have a very different focus about how we do that. And we can burn out. We can be miserable. It's a hot mess. And then suddenly we realize that we're off the path. We're building good things maybe, hopefully, but it's not a God thing. And that's very different. And it's not going to be sustainable because unless the Lord builds it, it will not stand, right? So... The other issue with this is we end up living a false concept of value and we become imprisoned by our own emotional abuse. Ooh, oh my goodness. I know that's deep. So let me talk about it for a second. Okay. So this is spirit filled real talk for a reason. (laughs) So If you've ever struggled with perfectionism, and I've been there, okay, mine was rooted in childhood where there was a lot of issues going on in the family. There was alcoholism, there was workaholism, there was rebellion, there was a lot of dysfunction, there was total chaos. So I accepted this false identity, this false concept of me being valuable meant that I didn't have any problems, that I was perfect in the sense of I had the grades that were good. I didn't have any emotional issues. There was no problems with me. No no teachers were calling my parents, right? Like there was this perfectionism, like she's got it together. She's not going to be the problem child. We've got enough of that as it is. She's not going to be it, right? But really what that's doing is it's creating a prison of emotional abuse, right? Because I am constantly at that time as a young kid not knowing how to process, I'm in my head abusing myself, I'm constantly being critical. I'm constantly being judgmental. I'm constantly comparing myself. I'm constantly trying to be perfect to keep attention off of me or only get good attention. That's a hot freaking mess, right? You you can't sleep at night when you got all that going on, okay? That's a mess. So perfectionism is something that can heighten because really what it, it cues into is this desire for us to have certainty. We want to have certainty. We want to have some level of stability. We want to have something that we can expect to go a certain way. And if we can't have that, we try to create it. And a lot of times perfectionism is the complete extreme of that. But if you really dive deep into it, the root of it is fear. Fear of not being enough, fear of not being worthy, fear of not being accepted, fear of not being approved. 
And that is not how you build. You cannot build with that. So the switch to make is from perfectionism to excellence. Excellence being if I show up and be who I am and do the best that I can with what I have, that's enough. That's enough. So it's a training to get yourself to that place. But sometimes when we're caught up in a lot of emotion, it's because we're trying all these things and they're not what we're, we're meant to be focusing on. We lost focus. We started focusing on the wrong things. And we started putting a lot of effort and energy into things that aren't giving back to us because they weren't designed to. Okay, so that's deep. But that's one of the roots of brokenness. Brokenness is, is I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not acceptable unless I do X, Y, or Z. Okay, so you've heard maybe this phrase, stop shooting on yourself. <laughs> You should do this. You should do that. You shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. It's very, that's the prison of emotional abuse. You're self-punishing, self-condemning a lot of the time when you've got perfectionism, a spirit of perfectionism operating in your soul. Okay? So that's number one, to address and be aware of so that spirit doesn't take control of your life. (laughs) Number two is expectation management. Okay. So this a lot of times is coupled with perfectionism to be real, but this can come up when you are constantly striving to meet others' expectations of you so deeply. So like this is, this is almost, if you've ever heard of it, it's like toxic empathy. So let me explain what that means. Toxic empathy is really where you'd rather disappoint yourself You'd rather be uncomfortable and out of alignment yourself than disappoint others. Whoa, okay? Like just, just whoa. This is also a a boundary issue. So these are character defects. If you wanna go Bible on this, these are character defects. And it's really important to address these because if these character defects are untamed and they're running your life, you will never have that wholeness that abundance, that full life that starts from within that God has for you. Okay, so expectation management is I'm so afraid of disappointing other people because I might lose them because I might, you know, they they might not be with me anymore. They might not accept me anymore if I disappoint them. And sometimes that can be very dangerous because it could even mean that People that don't mean you any good at all can see that in you and can take complete advantage of you and use you to the point where you are completely broken. Not a good, not a good spirit to have operating in your life. So the thing is with this is you often forget what you deserve, what you desire, and what your vision is when you are constantly meeting the expectations of others. So You've developed an identity around pleasing other people, making sure that they're good at the ultimate sacrifice of taking care of you and your own needs. And we often think that that's self-sacrificing, that that's humility, that that's just this godly character. And it's not. It's not at all. And it's teaching lessons, especially if you're a parent, it's teaching lessons to your kids to be that same way which is going to lead to brokenness. The same experience that you're having, they will have also. And it's not a good feeling. You know this if you've done this before. 
So doing everything for everybody else, but at the end of the day, you have nothing left for you, that's not good. That's not good. And how can you meet everyone's expectations in your life and forget your own? How can that ever be healthy? Being healthy is actually getting to the point where you can say no, even if you disappoint other people. Your work is not to manage their expectations. That's not your work. And that's where you get it twisted. You get so empathetic, right? You put yourself in somebody else's shoes to the point where it's toxic, where you will not only manage their expectations, but you'll go above and beyond for them and you'll completely lose yourself in the process. You cannot do what you were put on the earth to do if you're expending your energy like that. So that can lead to this burnout, to this huge well of emotions that you can just cry it out, but you can't even put words to it. A lot of times it's this expectation management. You started managing expectations of a boss. You started managing expectations of your kids or managing expectations of what culture says that you should be doing because maybe you've been reading or watching a lot of reality TV shows and magazines and whatever, right? That's a mess. That is a mess and one that really is healed when you can understand that your worth, that your value, that your identity, those are all self-contained. You do not get that outside of you. And the minute you start doing that is when it becomes unhealthy. When you are looking for your worth, your value, or your identity outside of you, that is a setup for a lot of pain. A lot of pain. You can waste your life literally trying to earn acceptance. And the scary truth, ooh, get ready. The real talk scary truth is that people are never satisfied. Hold up. Did you hear that? This is a mic drop, okay? People are never satisfied. So what does that mean? People will use you as you lay down yourself to be used. They will use you up. They will use you up till you have nothing left to give. And it's going to be a scary day when you actually need help and you're going to find those people actually aren't there for you because they were never really there for you. They were there for what you could give them. They saw that you were somebody that they could use and they used you up. That is scary. So this is a real talk reality. Your worth, your value, your identity are self-contained. You do not get that outside of you. So you can bend over backwards for people and you can give, 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 but when you need them, they won't be there. You won't be able to find them, right? These are people that are users, abusers, predators, that kind of stuff. And a lot of times it's it just happens, right? Because people want to get their needs met. And so they will they will find people that will help them do that. And if you're really good at helping people do that, they'll know that, they'll recognize that, and they'll take advantage of it. So sometimes it's not even really, it's not right, it's not right, but it's not always a really negative villain-like trait that somebody has, it just is human sometimes. So it's very, very important that you learn how to say no and be okay with that. It's healthy to say no. It's healthy to have your own boundaries because that means that you actually have standards and you can not only respect and honor yourself and model that for other people, especially your kids, but you can do that 
for other people too. You can honor their boundaries. So when they say no, when they say that they they can't do something that you would expect or hope they would do, you don't have to get offended. You don't have to internalize that and get all emotional about it. You can understand, okay, cool, I honor that. I respect that. Like, go take care of you and we'll reschedule. Okay, it doesn't have to be a thing. <laughs> so here's the thing. This is what I like to remind myself. I'm not Jesus, okay? I'm not Jesus. I've got limits, okay? Your girl's got some limits, and I'm okay saying that, right? I'll actually be real and authentic and let you know that we all do. Only some people that are whole and healthy will let you know, okay? I'm not Jesus. I got limitations. I'm not out here being perfect. I can't. Jesus even said that in the Bible. He's the only one that's perfect, okay? It ain't me. So that's not my my job. My job isn't to prove to anybody that I'm flawless, My job is to share authentically who I am and do the best that I can every day to share her with the world, right? And my my job also is not to manage other people's expectations of me or what they need. It's not. It's not. There's so much freedom in those two that I just shared right there. That'll bring a lot of energy back to your life. And the last one, are you ready? Okay. (laughs) This last one is self condemnation. Ooh, it just sounds bad, right? It sounds bad. So let me give you an out already. Here's the thing. There's no condemnation in Christ. None. Okay. So what makes you think that you beating yourself up is a godly thing? It's not. It's not at all. Right. And that's often how we end up being abused and overtaxed in relationships is because we're already doing it to ourselves. So it makes us really prone to entertain relationships and jobs and different situations that are destructive because it just is mirroring our own self-destruction. That is also deep. I hope you caught that. So here's the thing. Wow, wow, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, here it is. When you are What this looks like when you are constantly analyzing, scrutinizing, criticizing yourself, and you're really downgrading yourself internally. So an example could be you could be out with friends, you're having a conversation, but what you're doing the whole time, rather than being present, rather than being in it, you're sitting there and you're all up in your head, judging yourself, comparing yourself. You really don't have this capacity. You haven't trained yourself to be happy and to celebrate yourself. And so if you're constantly beating yourself up, you're an easy punching bag for everyone else, right? So it's like you will constantly, it's a lot of self-fulfilling prophecies. It's a lot of filling in the gap that that is there sometimes. So if somebody doesn't compliment you in a, in a, interaction where you feel like you need some encouragement, now you're all up in your head filling that gap and wondering what they're thinking and they must be thinking this. And it's negative tone or a negative stint there, okay? So you also, if somebody's doing something bad or disrespectful for you, you will go to the point of finding a reason to blame yourself, why you're not a good friend, why you're not a good partner, why you're not a good parent, whatever it is, why you're not a good employee, why you're not a good boss, Whatever it is, you'll go to the point of blaming yourself for how somebody else shows up. That ain't it. But when you're training, when that's constantly what you're fixed on, when that's constantly what you're focusing on and ruminating on in your mind, you look for it everywhere. You look for it everywhere. And so it makes you an easy punching bag 
for other people, right? So when people can see that you'll just take hits, that also makes you in a position where you can get into some really toxic situations. So yikes, right? And the way out of this is to stop condemning yourself. You can't afford to have a thought in your mind that God doesn't think about you. So it's really starting to be happy and content, learning to do what Apostle Paul says, where you're content, whether you're abased or abounding, whatever your life circumstances are, whatever you season you find yourself in, you can be content. And that's an internal thing, okay? It's also getting clear on your vision and, and these desires of your heart, right? Getting clear on that. You don't have to physically have them. They don't have to be manifested in your life yet to experience them to dream them up with God, to vision them with God, because what that's going to do is that's going to stir up hope and expectation in God and how God is going to get you there. And it's also going to help you see where you're headed so that you won't settle for what is and you won't treat yourself the same way. Because you have to recognize that to have this vision, to have this life that God planned for you, it's going to require losing that nasty thinking. It's going to require not condemning yourself. You can't condemn yourself and build yourself up at the same time. You have to choose. And which one do you think God is after? Just a thought. Okay. So let me take this. Let me tie this together. Okay. That was me tying a bow. All right. (laughs) Sound effects help everything. Let me tell you. So here's the thing. When we feel a huge like swell of emotions, you know, we're like a bubbling cauldron. We're like, oh my God, I feel it. I don't want to cry. And then we have an emotional moment. Okay. It's build up of a lot of things like this often. It's I'm trying to be perfect and nothing is working out, right? Or it's I'm managing all these expectations and I'm not being celebrated and appreciated. Or it's I just can't do all of these things and it's self-condemnation, right? So all of this builds up. And then all of a sudden we're all upset at God and whoever (laughs) because we're in this state, okay? So what to do with this? One, acknowledge that your feelings are valid, but your feelings aren't truth, okay? So your feelings are your sensory system. They're there to guide you. They're there to let you know what's going on so that you can make adjustments and healthy adjustments. So every one of those, there's a healthy adjustment, okay? So instead of being self-condemning, how can I celebrate who God form-shaped and anointed me to be? Think about that for a second. Or instead of managing everyone's expectations, how can I really think about what God is expecting of me and do that, right? Or how can I think about what I need right now so that I can take care of me so I can show up for other people truly authentically, not out of obligation, not because I should, but because I'm led to, Very different. Very, very different. Okay? And then with the perfectionism, the opposite of that is excellence. Just self-check here. Am I doing the best with what I have? Awesome. Like, if you are awesome, celebrate that. Go back into self-celebration, right? You can heal yourself often by doing the opposite of what you're doing. So acknowledge that that huge swell of emotion is telling you something needs to change. A lot of times it's what we've been focusing on. It can also be the effort that we're putting into things that maybe we shouldn't be putting that kind of effort into. So it's redirecting or reprioritizing or even rescheduling (laughs) things differently to manage your time better and manage your resources better, to be a good steward 
That's what God is expecting of you. He's given you all of this beautiful life, right? And he's expecting you to steward it well. You woke up for a reason. He put breath into your body on today for a reason. Steward that well, okay? So hopefully that gives you some context. Now, how do we tie it together? This is the big part. I have found <laughs> that like that example with this guy in the mine that's just hitting and hitting and cutting through rock, right? Right? And he's just, man, am I ever going to get there? I'm exhausted. I'm running out of fuel. I'm running out of resources. I don't know if I have it in me. And he can't see that he's only a hit or two away of being there. And he could just give up and walk back out, right? Like, ooh, how often does that happen? We're just like one hit away from a breakthrough and we give up. So here's the thing. I want to talk about staying power and where this comes from. So what was highlighted to me in this life group experience was that there's been many seasons of what I was calling hope deferred, okay? I had hope that something was going to happen and quite the opposite happened. Or I had this expectation that life, the experience, the circumstance, whatever, was going to be some kind of way and it was quite the opposite. And many seasons of that can be really discouraging. It can take a lot of courage, bravery, strength, faith specifically to decide to hope again, to decide to still keep moving forward, to know, and I personally believe this, that God brings us from glory to glory and from strength to strength. So if that's true, right, God is really doing that. He's bringing us from glory to glory and he's taking us from strength to strength. He just doesn't show us the way we're going to (laughs) go. So we might think it's going to look a certain way or it's going to happen at a certain time and it doesn't happen that way. It doesn't happen our way. It happens his way, right? So it can get really challenging when our hope is deferred. It literally says in the word, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So there can be this heart sickness, right? And God, God can handle that. So you can take that emotion, that pain, that disappointment to him. And he can reestablish trust. He can help you to expect and have that hope rooted back in him and not in situations and what they look like. God can do that. God isn't afraid of your feelings. (laughs) But here's the thing. Staying power is where it's at. In seasons where we feel emotional, in seasons that have been long building, somewhat brutal, right? When we're harvesting, right? You're gathering, you're building, you're you're doing a lot. There's a lot of effort and energy that's flowing out of you constantly. So it's really important to have, I would say, devotion with God. You've got to level that up every day. But staying power comes from, this is going to be your favorite, I know, <laughs> consistency. Dude, okay, this is real talk. Consistency, here's what it is in my mind. When you show up when no one is clapping for you, when you do the things when no one is watching, when you are showing up for an audience of one, you're showing up because you know who God is, you know what God has told you, you know how God is working through you, and you know that you are not going to put your future in the hands of man in the sense of you're not going to let man clap for you because if they clap for you and you root your identity or your success in that they can also tear you down you give them full authority to do that so here's the thing god is teaching often staying power 
He's teaching how to be consistent so that you're working for God's approval, not man, so that you're not going to get caught up in those three things that I just shared with you, which will be your destruction, right? Because think about it. The higher you go, if you've got those three things operating in your life in some kind of way, it will destroy you. That's what it says. That's what it means, rather, when God is not going to promote you or give you more if you can't handle what you have. God is not in the that kind of crushing business. Yes, <laughs> there is a crushing. There's a crushing, a heartbreak, a mind shift, a perspective shift, an emotional roller coaster sometimes, right, that we go through as God is molding and shaping our character and we are tested and tried. It doesn't always feel good and that's a different kind of crushing. But God is not going to let you be crushed beyond what you can bear, okay? And he's not going to let the world take you out in that kind of way. So here's the thing. Staying power, that consistency is developed when you're not distracted by the approval of man. When you can show up and do what you do, this you're the same person is another way to look at this. You're not one person at home and then another person at work and then another person with your friend circle and then another person with strangers. That's just insanity, right? Like nobody can keep that up and you're going to get your story messed up eventually, <laughs> right? So you're the same person in any environment. A real challenge is just learning how to be enough by yourself. Like even a test for women might be, can you just show up and not wear makeup and go to the grocery store? Can you just be naked in that way or do you have to cover everything up? Right? If you see a wrinkle, are you running to a dermatologist or to go get a Botox shot? Right? If you see that your your tooth looks like it's not straight, are you going to go get, what are they, like veneers? Right? Like... Where is your mind? Where is your mind? Okay, so this, that's not staying power. Staying power is I can be uncomfortable, but I can trust that I heard God. I can trust that God is working and he's moving me from glory to glory and from strength to strength. I can trust the vibration of God's voice. God's vibes matter. God's presence, God's voice, God's unique sound to me. I know that. I know that. I know that rhythm I know what it feels like to be in alignment with God, and I know what it feels like to be out of alignment with God, and I know what's best to build with. (laughs) You know, I've seen those movies before, and so one of them ends better, and I choose that one. I choose the one where we win, okay? So consistency, just to backtrack, is to show up when no one is clapping for you. Show up for the audience of one. Do all that you're called to do. And let God's praise, let God's approval be what fills you up so that you can be self-contained. Your worth, your value, your identity are rooted and grounded in God. So that other stuff is extra, but it's not what's driving you. It's not what's driving you. It's very countercultural, I know. But if you want that peace that surpasses all understanding, if you want to break manipulation, codependency, people-pleasing, perfectionism, self-condemnation, all of that off your life so you're not an emotional hot freaking mess walking around in the world, which makes you a ticking time bomb, by the way, this is worth it, okay? This worth is real, okay? So I would say <laughs> that you need to throw yourself a staying party, How come we don't celebrate the people that stay, that actually develop their character, that actually mature, that grow? We celebrate people when they leave. We celebrate people when they start something. But what about people that have staying power? Have you ever thought about that? It's an interesting thought. I'm just saying. So here's another thought. 
you'll see God move in what you stay with. Like if you are somebody that is constantly running, doing one thing, another thing, just constantly on the move, you will not, it'll be so much harder for you to see what God is doing and he might not have even told you to move, right? The greatest power is in what you have the faith to stay with, to stay with God when you don't see him moving, to stay with what God told you when you don't see the fruit yet, to stay with what you know that you know that you know deep down in your soul when other people are telling you to quit or to give up or when the heat is turned up in the world. Staying power. Dude, right? Emotions, moods, trends, all of that's going to come and go. Are you going to go with that? Are you going to be solid? Are you going to be steady? Are you going to be stable? Developing staying power will allow you to really see that you're just not moved by things that are happening. You can respond or not, but you're not moved by it. You're not completely changed by it. You're not this chameleon that constantly morphs to make sure that you please and are acceptable. No, you're different. You're one of God's peculiar people, right? You can be weird. You can be weird. You can be supernatural. We need more of that up in this world, okay? (laughs) So here's the thing. This is what really helped me, and this is what I'll leave you with. What really helped me to value myself, to put in the work, to find my worth in God to really get clear on the vision, to really, I guess, surrender the vision that I had for my life and really make space for the vision that God has for my life, I started making divine appointments. I know this sounds weird, but it could actually save your life. I know it saved mine many times. Sometimes we have a hard time speaking up for ourselves, creating space for ourselves, and allowing ourselves to know that we're worth it. And we deserve our time just as much as we give it to everybody else. You know that quote where it's like, you deserve the love that you give everyone else. Cool. Yeah, you do. You do. But what does that mean? Okay, I don't like just throwing words out there without practical wisdom. Here's the thing. I create divine appointments, meaning I put appointments on my calendar for me just like I would for anybody else. Did you get it? Seriously. And you might have to sit down and actually plan your week in advance And you definitely got to let people in your life know what's up. So here's the thing. Write down on your calendar these divine appointments, meaning it's a date with you. And whatever you need to do on that day, that's what you show up and do. You have the freedom to use that time for you for whatever it is that you need. For me, in different seasons, it looked like going to a bookstore, sitting in the middle of an aisle, reading books. Sometimes they're deep books, sometimes they're picture books, whatever. But that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have a tea in hand and look through some books. That felt good. Or take yourself to a movie or take yourself to dinner or maybe just journal or maybe go for a walk and listen to a podcast. Whatever you need, even a nap, whatever you need, a pedicure, a massage, whatever you need for you, you don't have to justify it. You don't have to explain it. I have an appointment. Train yourself to say that. I have an appointment. And even deeper than that, once I move beyond just like taking care of what I needed, (laughs) sometimes I even structured things into my life. Like I did a yoga teacher training back in the day because I needed time to freaking learn how to sit on my butt and just breathe. Seriously, I needed to train myself to do that because I was that on the go. So I built it into my calendar. So if you're extreme, you might need to do that. But once I got beyond some self-care things, I made those divine appointments with God. 
So not only did I have appointments for me, dates for me, just spending time with me, figuring out what the heck is going through my mind, what am I feeling in my heart, where are my emotions at, just being self-aware, being self-reflective, not self-condemning, self-reflective, so I can take that information and I can adjust and have a strategy. So I'm not going to just keep repeating the same things that hold me back. I'm going to adapt, right? Now, I also made divine appointments because I know that if I'm not getting filled up, if I'm not letting my power come from my source, then I'm going to self-direct, which self-direction usually leads to self-destruction. You're welcome. Self-direction usually leads to self-destruction. So I want God direction. I want God's direction flowing in and through me, okay? So I make divine appointments for that too. Between that, keeping appointments with God and keeping appointments for me, that keeps me pretty busy. Let me just be real. And that tells me the other type of boundaries that I, I have or I need to have in my life. Can I take this on or is there too much on my plate? I'm not about that buffet life where I feel like bloated and awful, right? So I'm not going to put more on my plate than I can eat, (laughs) than I can handle, okay? So that would be my recommendation to you. How do you apply this wisdom practically? Have appointments. I have an appointment. You don't have to explain what your appointment is. I'm busy. I have an appointment. Let me get back to you. Start using these phrases and then you don't have to just say yes and fill in the gap for other people when you're not ready, okay? Because really the challenge right here, it's going to take faith when you're in an emotional season, when you've really been working really, really hard for long stretches of time. Think about that. Even as a runner, an endurance runner, you're running long distance for long periods of time. You build endurance. Building endurance is being able to endure, okay? Whatever that is for you, what do you have to endure? What do you have to endure right now? It's going to take a lot out of you. So these will be buffers for that. And it's going to take faith to stay, to build this consistency when no one is watching, when no one is celebrating. It's going to be one of the best gifts that you give yourself, though, because then you won't be this chameleon, like I said. Then you won't get caught up in some of these destructive habits and these character defects. But it's going to take faith to stay encouraged, to stay hopeful, to stay on fire, to stay expectant. But the blessing will be is that you'll pass the tests, that you will evolve, that you'll go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, and that you won't get caught up in old patterns and old behaviors. You'll rise to the occasion. You'll rise to the occasion. You'll minister to you. You'll encourage yourself. You'll build your strengths. You'll learn from weaknesses. You'll let God show up in you. You'll get some of your greatest golden nuggets, the golden lessons, right? That will bring testimonies that will be your gifts to other people. So if you can stay and get consistent, there's so many blessings that will come out of that. And even if one of them is just to really learn, understand, and know that you know God's voice and God's vibration, God's rhythm for you, that would be worth it. I'm just saying. (laughs) So I hope this has been helpful. Really think about it. When we have these big swells of emotion and we don't know what they are, it helps to get clear, get still, identify what that's connected to. Are you navigating with fear? Are you navigating from perfectionism? Are you navigating from expectation management? Are you navigating from self-condemnation? Is that going to help you develop staying power? What can you focus on instead? 
How can you make more space for self-care and taking care of you? How can you not miss divine appointments with God? And even better, what is it going to look like when you keep these appointments? When you say no to other people? (laughs) When you really honor God like you try to honor other people? Think about that story and what's going to come from that. OMG! So good! So good. I hope you caught all of that. I hope you will even re-listen and go back through and take some notes. This is a good one. Replay it, share it with your friends. And listen, this is not, there's grace for this, okay? (laughs) This is not like a suddenly you wake up and you get it. This is a process. This is a journey. We're all at different places on the journey. If you need some support, if you need some encouragement, and we all do, I live by it. Go visit julianapage.com. I have a self-mastery course over there that is self-paced, just what it sounds like, and you can do that virtually. So many great episodes and videos and homework assignments that you can go through to really help build up that inner character that I'm talking about, that resilience, that endurance, the long suffering that we love so much. There's also ways that I consult and I work with people one-on-one and in groups, And there's a lot of great books that I have over there too that you can check out to really develop your relationship with God. So go check out julianapage.com. If you haven't found us, we also have a spirit crew community that loves spirit-filled real talk, that loves living a spirit-led life, that's learning to love it. It's over on Facebook. It's Spirit-Filled Real Talk. So go find that group as well. It's totally free. And I hope it will feed your spirits and help you to do all that you've put on this earth to do so that you can have and enjoy your life. All right, guys. So until next time, until next time, stay blessed.